Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. Got a great sermon for you. It's a part one and a part two, and it's entitled A Call to Work. You know, God gave me a, a wonderful theme for 2022. Go do the work. God is calling you for a great work. Not only me, but you too. Are you ready to answer the call? You see, if we get this gospel preached to the world, we can all get out of here. Matthew 24, 14. He said, when the gospel is preached to the world, the end shall come. My God, the world's chaotic, doesn't know what to do. But if we are called to this work and do the work of the Lord, guess what? We'll be the generation that won't see death. So call a friend, tell them to turn that television on. They're going to be blessed. Get some pencil and paper, take some notes. Part one of a call to work. If you got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to go over several scriptures. I want to talk, people have been, this has been going on quite a bit in my life. People always ask me, but Jesse, have you ever going to retire? And I thought, uh, 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 are you tired of me? <laughs> do I look, do I look tired? They say, oh no, but you know, you've been going 44 years nonstop. Well, I plan on going another 44 as the Lord directs. You know, I mean, I could have retired as far as retiring years and years ago. I mean, you know, and just, like I said, go to Hawaii and suffer for Jesus, you know, <laughs> just sit on a beach or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I, that's not in my DNA. Uh, the Lord has been good and gracious, yet I love the younger generation coming up preaching the gospel. And before we go, I read the scripture, the Bible said he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. I call it the executive branch of God's government. They are sent to edify and to build up the church. So what I say here, and I mean that, and the church should have these fivefold ministries working through it. Because the Bible said the gates of hell are not prevail against the church. Think about that. So I don't know why anybody would leave a church and never come back, because you're leaving all the protection you got. You see what I'm saying? Now when he gave these, he gave these five uh, gifts it was to edify and to lift you up. So when you come to church, you don't come to criticize and you don't come to critique. You come to listen. Amen. Church is a school where you learn things. You may hear some things you don't like, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Because, you see, it actually matures you. You see, I mean, some kids don't like mom and daddy telling them what to do, but you're not doing that to be mean to them. You're just doing that so they can grow up to be a responsible individual. Right? And they can't understand why you wanted to cut the grass all the time. I really believe that a lot of men wanted male boys so they could learn to cut the grass. They wouldn't have to cut it. You know what I'm saying? That's what my dad thought. <laughs> you know, you know, and things of that nature. So you come to listen, not to critique, not to judge, but to listen. Just like if your children go to school, they may not like the teacher, but that don't mean anything. You go there and learn. You tell them, shut up and learn. Right? Am I correct? You, you, so you can pass. What you, so you can go to a, quote, another grade. Yeah. And education is a great gift. And they might, you, know, you, you can lose your house, your car, and lose everything you got. But if you're educated, you can't lose your education. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Because that's a wonderful thing. So God gave these five gifts. And before I go into the scriptures here, and I, the title of this message is, is a call to work. He didn't just give that to them so people could honor who they were. That it's a work thing. It's a work ethic. You know, and, and he did that so that his people would be taught the word or the oracle of God. 
So I want you to go first. First, I hadn't told us. I may have. I'm go to Mark chapter 16 real quickly. And then we're going to come back to Acts in just a minute. Mark chapter 16. That's Matthew, Mark. That's the second gospel. And when you understand what happens here, you, you'll be blessed. Mark chapter 16. Very familiar scripture. I'm going to do a little teaching this morning. And I felt led of the Lord to do this. Mark chapter 16. Verse 15 says this, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Now you understand why I'm on so much television? It makes no difference to me how much money it costs, and it costs millions. You see, to run this ministry, millions. It takes millions, not million, millions to run it. You see, and God's always doing it. Why? Because right now, I don't know how many countries are watching. Kathy will probably get that a little later and she can announce that. When you understand that, he said, we're doing that this morning. To go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature, every creature. Now, you're not sent there to figure out what color the creature is. I ain't got anything to do with it. It's to preach the gospel. Some good news. You follow what I'm saying? Watch this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, that's good. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, that's pretty, pretty blunt. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How many of you believe? Well, then healing must be for today. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. I had a person say this the other day, are you ready for the new norm? No, there ain't no new norm. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, the reason why it, I, we have miracles and healings and believe in that is not because I'm Pentecostal. It's because I believe. I'll read that again. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. What sign? In my name, notice the name shall they cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Whoa, Jesus. That just knocks a lot of homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological thinking there. That's not for today. Well, bless God, how did you get it? You can't, how'd you get it? It was given to you because it's still here. Watch this. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Isn't that good? Then verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Now go with me to Acts chapter 9. I want to set a, a thing here. Acts chapter 9. God chooses people you would never choose. Let me say that again. God chooses people that you would never choose. God chooses this guy who got a history. But God's not trying to change his history. God's changing his future. Oh, maybe so Thank you, Holy Ghost. He chooses people you'd never choose. When God called me to preach, everybody thought that God missed, that God missed it. I thought he did too. I didn't want to do this. Notice this. He didn't try to erase this man's past. Because the past is the past. But it, and, the reason, and it never sees the future. In Acts chapter 9 verse 1, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priests, 
He didn't go to the Roman government. He went to the church government. I thought the church was supposed to love everybody. Don't shout me down. You see, I don't like all these other names neither. I don't like the name of Baptist and Methodist and Episcopalian and Presbyterian, Church of God and Church of Christ and Word of Faith and Full Gospel and Assembly of God and Catholic. How about the body of Christ? What do you think, huh? You see what's happening? Same thing on the racial side. You see, that all's got to go away. This guy goes, quote, to the chief priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, what way? The way, the truth, and the life of Jesus, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So religion carries a lot of chains with it. Lots of chains. Problem is they made them jewelry. Chains. Chain, chain, chain. <laughs> chain of woof. Yeah, anybody ever remember that song? <laughs> well, lift your hand up so I don't sound so old. Praise God. Thank you. <laughs> and as he journeyed, verse 3, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? That's a very powerful statement. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, now between verse 5 and verse 6, something supernatural happened. He said, Lord. Or if you're from South Louisiana, loud. Lord, what will thou have me to do? He didn't say, why'd you knock me down? Don't you know I got power? He said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him. Now, the church world would have said, kill him. But see, he was going out to kill you don't choose that kind of guy. He got a record. He got a past. Uh-oh. Watch this. He said, arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Why didn't Jesus do it? God always uses an individual. And he did that. He was called into the ministry right there. He could not have been ordained by the Baptist. He could not have been ordained by the assemblies of God. His pastor too bad. Even the disciples stayed away from that guy because they're scared of him. <laughs> Think about that, because he had power, educated. But the Lord chose him. Why? Because he wanted to. When the Holy Ghost hit, in the Zuzu Street, Azusa Street Revival back in the early 1906, I think it was. God chose a black man named William Seymour. He was blind in one eye. Was not allowed to be inside the church. He had to, when he, he had to kind of stay out by the hall. 
But God didn't care about the color of his skin. God didn't see William Seymour as a black man. He saw him as a willing vessel that could do something. Do you see that? And he was filled, him, him by Charles Parnham, was a, a, if you know uh, what I call history or religious history, and he had to sit outside, couldn't go in there because he's black. But God said, God said, well, I'll just go in the hallways in. It didn't make no difference, even though the world's all freaking out. Because God was bringing love and power all at the same time. Between that five and six, a great thing happened. He was called. Now, there's another guy praying named Ananias. Now, he's blinded by the light. He was praying, and God said, hey, Ananias, I want you to go over here. Oh, Lord Jesus. Do you know who he is? Yeah. I just knocked him down. And I called him. Mm. For what reason? Why? Go with me to Acts chapter 26. This is where we're going to go. Paul now is, or Saul now is Paul the apostle. God has brought him before very high people in the government. The governor Felix. The great person Festus. And then King Agrippa, there's something changed in him. It was an encounter with God. He was still Jewish. As far as God's concerned, his past was gone, yet he spoke about it. God chose him to do what? Work. A call to work. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what I'm saying. He goes before, they, the church has still been trying to kill him because they said he was a traitor. He should have killed the Christians, but he turned around and made more of them. That's what happens when God comes into your life. You see what I'm saying? So he has an audience with King Agrippa. And they're all arrayed in their pomp. And there's this Jew from Tarsus who the church didn't want, who the Gentiles didn't want, but who God wanted. Amen. Now I want to read Acts chapter 26. We'll start with verse 14. He's talking about this thing that happened in Acts chapter 9. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Remember, I just read that, Acts chapter 9. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. But rise and stand up on thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of these things in the which I will appear unto thee. Now watch this. You can't change your past, but you can certainly change your future. Watch verse 17. Oh, this verse is, oh, this has happened to me. Delivering thee from the people. <laughs> you can say what you want about Jesse. <clears throat> I have been delivered, oh praise the Lord, from the people. Oh, don't get mad at me about that. That's not arrogance and cockiness. That's confidence and assurance. Because what God will do for one, he will do for another. 
He's no respect the person. He said, I've delivered thee, <laughs> oh my God, from the people. What people? The Jews at that time. And from the Gentiles. Not with the whole world, boy. So you're free to say anything I say. Under whom now, now underline that in your Bible or whatever you do on your iPad. Under whom now I send thee a call to work. A call to do something unbelievable, impossible, yet doable. Because the Jews said the Gentiles are dogs. The Gentiles hate the Jews. We'll just control them all their lives. But God said, I'm going to send a man of Jewish heritage and deliver him from his own people and send him to the Gentiles too because for God so loved the world. And even the angel at Jesus' birth said, he shall be for all people. I mean, it's all over the scripture. Now, what did he call him to do? Why do we have covenant church? Why do I have Jesse the Planter's ministry? Right here, the next verse. Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Then he says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. So write this down if you're taking notes. You can never open someone's eyes if yours are closed. That's why you're invited to come to my church. Well, it's actually the Lord's church. I built it for him. I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're fat. I don't care if you're skinny. I don't care if you're bald or you got a head of hair down to the floor. Come. It don't make any difference. I have been called. I have been sent to you. That's why I'm not looking for a vacation spot on the beach. I'm looking to open blind eyes. Spiritually, physically, financially. You can never open someone's eyes if your eyes are closed. Because you see, darkness doesn't know anything until it sees the light. You can never open someone's eyes if you, yours are closed. So that's why I love people. I don't care color, nationality, creed, or whatever. I go preach the gospel. Write this point down. Never try to paint a portrait without seeing the subject. See, religion is trying to paint this portrait without seeing the subject, and the subject is Jesus Christ and him crucified. They paint religiosity, and they hadn't even seen him. Do you see what I'm saying here? Let me say it again. Point one is you can never open someone's eyes if yours are closed and never try to paint a portrait without seeing the subject. I don't, how can I preach to you unless I know who this Jesus is? I said the same thing. Who art thou, Lord, when he saved me? Then the next thing I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I send you. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to send you too. No, not, no, no, you, but just, no, you. Do you realize how important you are to him? A lot of people don't realize that. God is looking for a willing vessel. And he chose you to open blind eyes. You can do this because of God inside of you. 
Are you willing? See, that's the whole key to this thing. If you're just willing to do what the Lord tells you to do, quit trying to grade yourself. I don't know if I do it good or not. If you just obey, you're already at the A+. plus. You understand what I'm saying? And God will use people you never thought he would ever use. Saul of Tarsus, a bloodthirsty persecutor, turns into Paul the apostle. What a blessing of God that is. Listen, whatever Jesus calls you to do, he will always be there to help you do it. You never do this by yourself. So you got to learn to believe the unbelievable, receive the impossible, because it's doable. I say that every day in my morning devotion. I believe the unbelievable. I receive the impossible because it's doable. You see what I'm saying? So it don't make no difference how big it looks, how small it is, whatever. God chose you, and you're going to not do it by yourself. Think about that, my Lord, and it will bless you. Can I pray for you right now? I believe God will give you some Holy Ghost boldness. Let's just pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I stand on that spoken word of God. And Lord, I ask you to give people boldness because boldness produces that tongue-talking church of the Bible. It produces people who open up their lives to you. Father, I thank you. I call it done in the mighty name of Jesus that everyone will be bold spiritually physically, financially, in every area of their life, that the kingdom of God, people can see the kingdom of God and how it's operating and functioning in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Sometimes I get a little excited praying for you. I can't help myself. Glory to God. You know why? Because two of us agree. Well, you one of them too. See, faith destroys all distance between me and you. Yeah, I'm on a television set right now. You might be in your living room watching television or watching it on the phone. I don't know however you're watching it. But you know what? That word of God is there just as soon as you say, I do. Yes, I receive what God has for you. Now, you think about that for a minute. I'm going to tell you something. Go do the work. It's one of the greatest themes I, I believe the Lord has ever given me because it, it, it speeds up the time. It does. It, it compresses time so Jesus can come. And the Father one day is going to say, he's going to release Jesus. And Jesus coming on that white horse. Lord, our God, we're going to have a glorious time before the Lord. And we, we'll see him if we'll just believe his word. Now, you stay right there. I'll be back in just a moment. I'm going to show you a few things that are happening here at JBM. Hallelujah. And you'll be blessed by it. I got some more to say to you in just a minute. So watch this. Be blessed. Receive what God has for you today. Watch it now. So what's next, ladies and gentlemen? So much more. You got to keep your vision moving. You got to keep your faith growing. Don't compromise and don't settle. You're just getting started. Jesse Duplantis's 2022 Visionary Conference, July 14th and 15th at JDM International Headquarters, 1973 Armand Boulevard in Destrehan, Louisiana. Admission is free. Go to JDM.org and register today. Because God wants to take your vision to a new level. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. I hope you're enjoying the program today. I enjoy coming to your home and preach this glorious gospel. Couldn't do it without faithful financial partners. Could not do it. 
You know, I mean, I thought for years when I first started, I can do this by myself, God. If you just bless me, I'll do it all myself. And the first thing Jesus did when he started his ministry is pick disciples. From disciples came partners. Partners, I want to thank you for being so courteous and kind. In 46 years of full-time ministry or preaching ministry, we have never had a financial deficit. Now, that's a miracle of God. Why? Here's the famous statement I say all the time. I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen, trusting the Lord. Every dollar you give goes in the world evangelism. We've been debt-free since 1982, and it is a blessing to God to get up in the morning and realize that nobody, I mean nobody, can take anything away from you because everything you see, you own. Everything you have is yours. Don't you want to be like that? Sure you do. Start naming your seed as you send seed to this ministry. You send a, a financial seed to this ministry say, I am believing this for debt-free payoff. Do that. That's what I did. That's how I got debt free. So partners, thank you for hearing my heart, hearing the vision that God has called us to do. We're together in this thing. And I mean that sincerely, so I thank you. Also for your May partnership, we're offering today's message in its full entirety entitled A Call to Work. I encourage you to order it. It will deepen your understanding of God's calling on your life. How do I get it? You can go to our website at jdm.org for all the ordering information. Get it. Due to time constraints on television, we can't play it all. I wish we could, but we can't. So I ask you to do that today. And partners, once again, thank you for being so courteous and kind. Believe for the hundredfold. It's on me. The anointing of it's on me. The anointing of increase, and it'll come on you. I believe that. Why? Because it would be heresy if it was just on me. It's got to come on you, because God don't love me anymore, and He loves you. So till next week, part two coming next week, a call to work. I hope you enjoyed part one, part one, but part two is going to even be better. So until next week, this is Jesse Duplantis from New Orleans, Louisiana, saying we love you, we appreciate you, we call you uh, blessed of the Lord. You'll never be a day without prayer. Do you hear me? Never, never, never. We know how to pray. We know how to receive. We know how to get those things to you. See you next week. Bye-bye. And we've been to Australia, we've been to Europe, just preaching the gospel everywhere. Just, just going all over, preaching the gospel. Jesus! And how can they hear lest they have a preacher? the world forget the words of God. And the only way they're going to do that is with voices and people like me and you. That's why I'm on television all the time. That's why I'm trying to get as much television time as I can. Not so many more people can see who I am, but I am interested in building God's kingdom to such a degree that the world will see who he really is. Come on, it's time. Life is better when you never learn to doubt. 
In his new book, Jesse will show you how to shut doubt down. You can have more joy, more success, and full peace. I Never Learned to Doubt, now available at JDM.org. Christ does not want sneaky Christians or sneaking followers. You know, well, you know, we don't talk about that, you know, because it makes people mad religion. No. He wants courage. He wants simplicity. He wants boldness and emphasis. Oh, I love that. So I give it, I produce boldness. Well, when I was a sinner, I was bold. 